What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello and welcome to The Promised Land show about Manchester United and part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. We're back. Sorry, uh, I've been away. Rob, how are you doing? Not bad, Scott. Welcome back to the Manchester United universe and tons to talk about as usual. Yes, uh, tons <laughs> indeed. Man United, finally. I was, gonna, I was coming into this episode thinking that Man United currently are not the biggest talking point in football, which is quite nice. Although... Who is Scott? Are, what's that? Who is the, the well? It's been Arteta over the last few days, hasn't it? And now it's uh, Ange Postecoglou's Tottenham, uh, mighty Tottenham. You know, who've uh, been turned over by the manager that they used to love four-one on their own patch by defending as a straight back nine or back eight plus or back seven plus one. Sorry. Anyway, Scott uh, doesn't like Spurs people. Just I so don't. You know. I don't. Don't mind. <laughs> I I quite like Spurs. I think they're quite refreshing. But I just feel like the loving is a little bit too much currently. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm Scott, joined by Rob. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and watch us on YouTube, the Promised Land of Manchester United podcast, because we will talk about Manchester United today. Like the video, subscribe, leave a comment, and hit the notification bell. Follow us on socials as well at double underscore Scott Saunders at underscore Rob underscore B and at Promised Land MU for the show. Now, Man United have won a game. Mm. Uh, they play another one on Wednesday against Copenhagen in the Champions League. And this one is a potential tricky banana skin. We're not going to look ahead too much to that, but talk a little bit more generally today about... Well, we've looked at Tottenham and how much uh, praise they've got for trying their damnedest last night. And why isn't that happening at Man United. I know Rob wanted to talk about Marcus Rashford. I'd like to talk a little bit about Harry Maguire. But I guess the overall context of today's show is going to be about the levels of application that the players are putting in. Is that fair to say, Rob? Yeah, I think it is fair to say because when things go bad, Scott, that's the first thing you kind of look towards, isn't it? It's like, you know, are the players putting in a shift? 
when things go well for a manager, like you just talked about Spurs recently here in Postacoglu, Postacoglu, a coach that I've criticised in the past and said I'm not sure he's got the tactics to be a Premier League manager. What we do know about Spurs is that they have been riding high and that their manager and that the players are, are playing for this new manager. And of course, that's the new manager bounce, isn't it? That's what we talk about a lot. But I think what we're seeing at Man United, and I don't want to drag the conversation down, like we have just won a football match. But again, there's things to kind of talk through on that is what's going on behind the scenes with some of these players, because there is, a, I think, a fractured personality of this team. And we have to kind of work out, Scott, whether this is the players or whether this is the manager or whether it's a little bit of both. So there's still problems there. You win the game 1-0 at Fulham. And that's good. But you only win it in the last minute, the last kick of the game. Obviously, another moment for Manchester United. But there are things to assess, I think, and we need to dig deeper on it. Yeah, we'll talk about Marcus Rashford a little bit. Been in the news over the last couple of days. Talk a little bit about Harry Maguire as well, because I think Harry Maguire, as much criticism as Harry Maguire has had, is probably the best example that we're seeing in this team currently of somebody who has been criticised, had a lot of negativity around him, been out of the team, lost the armband that is now reacting in the right way. Mm. And if everybody was reacting like him, then maybe there's a few, like you can count on a, a few fingers or one hand or whatever, how many people are reacting like him instead of throwing your toys out of the pram, sulking, strolling around, flailing your arms, this, this kind of thing. Uh, you know, this always happens. I think this is the, the important thing to point out here. This always happens. This has happened under Sol Solskjaer. This happened under Mourinho. This happened under um, not so much Van Gaal, I don't think, but Ralph Ranić is another one. You know, so you mentioned there, Rob, is it the players? Is it the manager? I'm firmly in the camp of it's the players to me. And I always have been. That's why I've always been reticent to say that Ten Hag should be sacked. Because I, do, I feel like United go through a cycle over and over again of the players letting down whoever's managing them. All Ten Hag has come out and said every single time is he wants full effort and full commitment to the cause. And we see in Tottenham that, oh, you know, they lost 4-1 to Chelsea. Could have shipped 10, to be honest, the way that they played. But everything's positive because they tried. So... Yeah, uh, let's start with Rashford, Rob. Shall hmm. we? So, what did you want to what did you want to say on Rashford at the moment? Because obviously, there's been the the party after the derby. Yeah, uh, there's been the you. Well, he was dropped or injured for the Fulham game. This mm -hmm. kind of thing, and he didn't play against Newcastle, right? Didn't play against Newcastle either. That that was damaging as well. The players looked. We haven't done a show since then. That was pathetic really it, it was but you look at Newcastle United a team who are not act not there should be nowhere near as good as Man United they run and run and run really hard and injuries because, galore mm -hmm, they run really hard and they try yeah all Ericsson Hag has ever asked for is we have to do this in we have to apply ourselves in every game no matter what game it is we have to give our, our maximum we have to and he mm. demands a lot of energy and a lot of uh, commitment from the players. And now the players turn around and like, oh, no, I, I don't fancy running for you because I don't like your ideas or I don't like how you treated my mate. Mm. 
anyway, you 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 go for it, Rob. That was a, that was a good little bit there about how you treat my mate because that's like every office place, isn't it, in the world? Is that if you know if the staff don't get on with the management, then that kind of that's how it feels. Is that kind of feeling? Um, I start with it like this: every training ground, Scott. This is the long-winded version for our for our audience. Is is a is a microclimate, yeah. So you think every training ground should be the same? Like you just said there about manager Eric Ten Hag demanding effort and energy. I don't know any manager that doesn't demand that of their squad. Like there's no manager in the Premier League that goes, yeah, don't give me effort or energy. That is a prerequisite. Come into work, do your job. This is the difference, Scott, between being a footballer. And a professional footballer, the word being professional, that's your job, isn't it? You don't get, you know, you don't operate on vibes and just come in and kick a football. That is not your job. <clears throat> I want to talk about Marcus because we haven't done, we haven't done a show since Newcastle. And, um, and obviously he didn't play in the last game. And Ten Hag gave his reasons for that, saying that he was a late fitness test. Now, I'm going to say this. I, I'm really disappointed in Marcus Rashford, right? Marcus Rashford is a Manchester United boy. He's, he's like us. He's a fan. He supported the club his whole life. He absolutely knows what it takes to play for this team. Sometimes I think you hear it with the wider fan base, especially the global fan base, where we talk about maybe English players and they feel that we're a little bit kinder on English players because they are one of our own and, you know, they, they we, we identify more with them. Well, I certainly don't think like that as an individual. But I look at Marcus and I've always been very proud of him, both the stuff that he's done off the pitch and on the pitch. Last season, Manchester United do not get top four or win a trophy without Marcus Rashford. Not at all. Best form of his life. Earned that new deal. Got that contract. Was in Ballon d'Or conversations, etc. No, look, Rob, uh, he wasn't. But look, look, he wasn't going to get. We've had this conversation before. He like that was elevated to the point. We scored a lot of goals. Yeah, nowhere near. I'm sorry, nowhere near. He's not. He's not in that top five. Of course not. Of course he's not. Not even ten. But the point the point is is that he carried Man United in terms of putting the ball in the net last year. That's why you get talked about. If you do something anything good at Man United, Scott, you get talked in these glowing terms. That's what it is. That's the way it's always been going back over the years. Um, but I think with Marcus and with this and losing to Manchester City in the way that they did, is that he absolutely knows he has his fingers there on his pulse of how people feel about Man United footballers and what they do. Yeah, especially after defeats and what we need to see and what we want to see. He completely knows that having a party or doing that, like I've always said this before, footballers do have birthdays, they do have social lives. Yeah, of course they can still have those. You you are still allowed to go out and be a human being. But maybe after a defeat like that, don't do it. Don't do it because it's not on. Roll forward a day or two. And obviously Eric Ten Hag was put that to him in the presser. And Eric Ten Hag made it completely crystal clear what he thought. And he said that it was kind of out of order, you know, that's completely unacceptable. Those were the words. And that it was an internal matter. Now, as soon as the manager says that, you know that there's more there. You can kind of smell it, the, the deeper. Now, obviously, the next game, he missed that. He was allegedly injured. That was what the manager told us. And I'll use the word alleged because Marcus sat there with a big... Dirty face on, looking very upset. They're on the bench. And that was that. Now, I'm disappointed in Marcus for that because I think in this moment when Eric Ten Hag needs him and Manchester United needs him and the Man United fans need him, Scott, we need something more. Do you, th- do you think that's fair? Like I, d- I, like, I don't know. Outwardly as well. Like, it wasn't like Marcus was injured and he was like, right, let's go, lads. And it wasn't. He just sat there 
hat down, hood on, didn't move for 90 minutes, clearly not happy. I said on Twitter during that period, I said, as much as we criticise Eric Ten Hag, and we have done on this show, and we will continue to do that when we see stuff that we're not happy about, is that you need to stick with Eric Ten Hag at the moment. And you just said there, is it players, is it manager? It, we've seen this cycle before. The microclimate at training grounds is that, is that emotions do go up and down. You know, a year ago, they might have liked Ten Hag a little bit more than they like him now. But one thing that can't go up and down, Scott, is your performances and your effort. You can't. It doesn't matter. Like you're on big money. You're playing for the biggest football club in the world. And for some of them, like Marcus, it's the team that he loves. So show that you love that club. So we've seen the fallout now, obviously, with his tweet to a fan channel to, uh, recently, and that's taken over the news. I think that I have sympathy for Marcus with some of that. But I think some of that is absolute nonsense and players shouldn't have to deal with it. But we need to see more from Marcus Rashford, Scott. Like People might be watching this now. He might be back in the team for Copenhagen. He might score a hat-trick and everyone's happy again. But I've not been happy with his performances since he put his name on that contract. Because since he signed that contract, he has been poor. But I think this is a... Like, obviously, I will... Yes, I've already said. And I'll, I'll say it again. I'll, I'll say it on the podcast. I, at this point, would much prefer that every player in this football club left before the manager. Mm -hmm. I, would, I would... That That is my position on it at the moment. Because... This will always this was this will continue to happen over and over and over again. The manager should be the most important person, and he should be getting exactly what he wants out of every single player. And if one player is like, eh, can't be bothered, that reflects on another player and another player and another player, and it undermines the manager. We've seen it now. We've seen it with Ranić. We've seen it with Oli. We've seen it with Mourinho. All of these people, and you can say whatever about Mourinho was too harsh, this kind of thing. Yeah, mm. probably, probably was. But this is a trend that has happened year after year after year after year for 10 years, like consistently. So I've said numerous times, this monotonous cycle needs to end. Mm. And that is why Eric Ten Hag is in this position now. I've seen him play football, which is really good mm. with players that are that Ajax team now, you know, it was broken up a little bit. Some some players arguably better than the t the players in the United team, but a lot of them aren't. You know, Dusan Tadic couldn't do it at Southampton. Exactly, exactly. But they they <laughs> exactly. managed to do it in the Champions League for a while. Yeah, they played some of the best football that you mm. know I, I remember seeing in recent years. Ajax now are crumbling since mm. Ten Hag has left. It's not only him. There's Van der Sar, Overmars, this kind of thing as well, but that's proven to me that he can do. I know he said that never quote about like, I will never play like Ajax because I don't mm. have the right players. I think that's probably symptom. That's, a, that's something that's symptomatic of the players that he, that he has available because they don't try hard enough. I actually think that he's, I think that's, I think that was a pointed message to his players. Mm. And that's why I'll say all of these players now need to be put in their place. And Marcus Ratchers included in that. And I was going to, so the players must take blame. The club must also take blame because there is no reason, no no way in hell Marcus Rashford should be earning £350,000 a week. I'm sorry. Like, I, I come back to the contracts all mm. the time. They inflate their contracts and then you get this mess that's happening on the pitch over and over again. The yeah. wage structure is off completely. And I hope that when Paul Mitchell and Jim Ratcliffe come in, that they, they recognize that straight away and think, I know United drive as much revenue as probably most clubs in the world. 
and that's fair. But if it's going to... People come to Unite for a payday. That's been the case for a long time. Yeah. At Liverpool, they incentivize contracts. That's why Liverpool's, you know, they have Klopp as well. But mm. everything ties together. United undermine the manager time and time again because they pay the players so much money and they can turn up, get a payday for five years and be like, oh, well, I'm fine now. I don't mm. have to try. I think that's that's the way I see it. Yeah, look, I'm 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 with you on some of that. I, I look at it like this. We're just talking about Marcus Rashford and what's going on here. Do we think Marcus Rashford plays for Man United just because of the money? That's a question to you. I don't think it is just because of that, but I think there are players in the past that have done that. Yeah, and I feel like United's level they are not a, they are not a consistent Champions League club. They should not be no. paying the best wages in the world to anybody. No, they are not a consistent Champions League club. That's why I call it a microclimate because it is. It's. 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 We think of it as huge, don't we? Like we look back over ten years and we can we can point towards the glazers and stuff that's happened at the football club. And you're absolutely right. United have severed their own wage structure because they're a commercial business, Scott. And they look at a Marcus Rashford as an asset in that terms of selling shirts, selling sponsorships, and that's the what. That's why players at Man United get paid the big dollars. They they get Casemiro. They pay him a lot of money because they're looking at going into a territory in South America and selling more shirts. That's the way they look at it. Brazilian players sell loads of shirts in the Far East. So they're looking that again. They're going, well, this is why we can play these players the money. Well, maybe pay them for scoring goals and winning you games. Maybe that's the way you have to go with it. But we, 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 there's no point wishing for that if the Glazers are running it. Like, there's no point. It's like it's we're just shouting into the void and into the abyss. What we can do, Scott, is analyse the microclimate and why our players gravitating one moment to a manager and they're not. So this is where the balance comes because I'm with you with the fact that, that it's on the players a lot of this. And we know that Ten Hag can play good football and we've seen it before. The problem is, is that managers, when they get sacked or something fails, it's not normally about whether they can do the job or not. It's about if they are doing the job, if what we're seeing is working. You mentioned Spurs there. And I will sing some of Spurs' praises. Those players are running through fires for their manager. Now, Postacoglu, I think, does have tactical problems. And we are seeing that. We saw that against Chelsea. Definitely. You know, there are things there. But the first prerequisite, Scott, is that if that badge is on your chest, whoever you play for, it doesn't, I mean, doesn't have to be Man United. You can go and play for Torquay United. Yeah. But you have to run for the team and run for your, your teammates and run for the manager and run for those fans. <sighs> That's the bit that's getting me, is that we're still seeing this imbalance. You want to talk about Harry Maguire? Let's talk about Harry Maguire. Harry Maguire has had the hardest time of any Man United footballer, I think, in the last two, three, four years. Yeah, and he's rightfully got it sometimes. Like, he's been poor and he's been dropped. He's had the captaincy ripped off him. He's had United fans attack him left, right and centre. Go to West Ham. Don't have your 10 million quid, Harry, that we owe you. Just get out of the football club. And here he is putting his body on the line. And as I described it the other day on Twitter, playing like a captain. Because he is. That's the truth. He's still not the best centre-back in the world, but he's playing for a manager that has dropped him. Do you know why, Scott? Because he is a professional in adverted commas. That's his job. And he's doing his job. And that's all we ask for, Scott. I think the problem is there's a lot of players at Man United. It doesn't matter whether you're on big wages or small wages. It's what you do in that microclimate. You turn up for training and do you really mean it? Are you trying? Are you just turning up for a day and going home and playing on your PlayStation or going, going to Gucci and doing some shopping? Or are you, are you a professional? 
Man United need to find some professionals, Scott. That's what it comes down to. And it doesn't. And then I'm not sure if it is about wages. Like I don't know if someone. It, earns... it, like, it's not. Maybe not purely. But it. it not plays purely. I don't care what anybody says. It does. United it, got it, the wage structure wrong. You're right. There, there is a there is a correlation there between misperforming and wages. And the problem at Man United is that we are a super huge club, and the super huge clubs will always pay top whack because that's how it is. And I think Ten Hag would like to build something more organic from the ground up. But then I think we can look at some of his signings in the last twelve months. Some have been good, some have not been so good. The impact we can talk about Mason Mount. You bought Mason Mount for sixty million quid. You're not using him. Well, how do you want to use him? You bought a new goalkeeper. You want to play out from the back, Scott, but no one knows how to play out from the back. There's a lot of things that I think we can still talk about with Eric Ten Hag that are valid. That are not just well, let's sack every United footballer off and stick with the manager. That's the problem. That's the balance for me. Is that I do back Eric Ten Hag one hundred percent. I really do, and I think that any player that doesn't want to play for him, whether it's Marcus Rashford or someone lower in the food chain, is that you show them the door. If Jaden Sancho doesn't want to play for the manager, show him the door. Harry Maguire got told he he wasn't wanted anymore. Do you know what, Scott? Sell him. Pay him and sell him. Do it to Scott McTominay as well. So we now have a fractured microclimate at Man United. And I think that's the club. I think that's the ownership. I think they've created that. I don't know if Ten Hag is also helping those things. Like, I don't. I think that he he's a conservative. He likes to play the baseline. I don't think it's different to any other coach asking his players to run. Every manager asks their players to run. Like, because you can't win games if you don't run. So I think there are wider conversations. You, 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 why, why do the players at other clubs listen to the manager? Like, is, is that because of the manager or is that because of the club atmosphere that we've proven over and over again is rotten? Both. Both. I think. I think. I think. The. I think the foundations are the problem at Man United is how it's set up, as we said. Like, uh, I again tweeted that footballers know that high earners at a football club, in terms of football, they will prevail longer than a manager. Everyone knows that at the top of the game. Most people look at it that way. Even unless you're Klopp or unless you're Guardiola, you will generally look at manager if you don't like him and say, "Well, I'll stick it out for a year and we'll see what happens, and I'll I'll take my wage home." But the problem with that is, Scott, is that if you've got too many like that, then then that's a problem with your recruitment. It's that you're not finding ways to bring in players that will do stuff for you. I think Ten Hag has been trying to create that at Man United and hasn't had the support from the board to create a playing staff that does that for you. But we can't just say when we're looking at the tactics that everything is just about player effort. It isn't. There are tactical things not happening. A press is also about effort and also about training and about getting your players in the right shape. Man United don't look fit. Why is that? Is that mistraining? I said last week they don't look prepared. And I and I put it on coaches because coaches have to prepare footballers in a professional capacity. You see Marcel Sabitzer's interview yesterday. No. What? Go uh, for it. Keep keep talking. I'll dig it up. And, and and I think this is kind of this is the bigger question about individuals. You can even go back, Scott, to like the Paul Pogba days and people would say, oh, Paul Pogba, is this, that or the other? And people would always talk about the things that he wasn't rather than the things that he was. And you'd get this imbalance of opinion. And I think we're seeing it now at at the football club on both sides of it is that I think Marcus, after this incident here with with the party and then not playing in the last game, I think he's, he's been given a relatively easy time by the wider press and by a lot of United fans but I also know there's a lot of United fans that are really disappointed I'm definitely one of them Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger McNuggets or McCrispy Sandwich but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day That crispy fish, that savoury tartar sauce that melty cheese, that pillowy bun 
yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So what did Marcus Sabitzer say then? Because obviously he's got a little bit of insight, hasn't he? Marcel Sabitzer said, um, Ten Hag comes up with very specific match plans and patterns of play. Or yeah. th- this is not, no, this is what he said. Uh, but if you have too many important players missing, too many changes of result, things get lost between the tactics board and the pitch. And then he goes on to say, or the article says from The Athletic, this is, Sabitzer wor- enjoyed working with Ten Hag, a man obsessed with details. Yes. In quotes. You can wake him up at 3 a.m. He'd tell you his whole match plan by heart. He's very knowledgeable about football and tactics, a very hard worker or a perfectionist. He's very straight with you. When I had a bad game, he showed me some situations and told me how to do better next time. I like that. You knew where you stood with him. He never threw you under the bus. Instead, he told players to go out and do better in the next game. I learned yeah. a lot about football working under him, and he's a very good coach. Mm-hmm. Now, that was four months ago that you stopped working with him. Mm. So is, is he wrong then? No. Not at all. And I, and I think that's why I've always in general supported Eric Ten Hag in those things, because I think that as a as a as a head of a business of the football team at Man United, as the head coach, I like his profile of manager in that he is technical, he is tactical. But all of that thing, all of that, Scott, doesn't matter if you don't get performances. You have to find ways to get performances to get victories. And I think, you know, we've talked about the injuries a lot this year. And I do think that that when you haven't got players in your team, haven't got availability, of course that's going to affect you, like because you've got your best laid plans for your first 11, haven't you? I think the problem with Man United and the problem with Ten Hag is that you can't always just get by by having one plan. And you see it at other football clubs. So you have well, to you, apparently you can. Like Pasta Coglu's getting praised to the hilt for having yeah. one plan. Yeah, but do you know what, Scott? We can be we can joke about it and be sarcastic about it, but we do know, and we've already said this, that if it doesn't work in six months, then Postacoglu's gone. So it's kind of like, you know... It, it, Which it, is exactly why when people look at Postacoglu's Tottenham after 10, 11 games and then say, why can't Ten Hag do this? It's different, different circumstances. Different Talk cir- about it at 18 months. It's different <laughs> circumstances, but if we dial it back, it is just a sport. It is just football. It's about psychology. How do you make players run through fires for you into brick walls? Like this is, it's a, it's an art. Like some managers are great at it. You can be, you look back at Man United history and some of our older viewers will look at this and, 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 and maybe understand this more than others. But you can look back at someone like Dave Sexton in the eighties, who was a very technical, tactical coach and played absolutely bland, boring football, and the players didn't like it, and he left the football club. Or you could look at someone like Tommy Doherty, who was a a flair manager and got players to run, 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 and run. They got relegated, but they came straight back up and and people loved Tommy Doherty. So this is the difference. uh, Ron Atkinson, another flair type of manager, then Fergie comes in and Fergie dials it all down to more detail. So Fergie's successful, but takes him four years and we absolutely know that that is not going to happen for Eric Ten Hag. He has not got four years. He hasn't got four minutes, Scott. So the microclimates at football clubs have to be so acute that you get everyone on the same page somehow. We know the Jaden Sancho issue going back over the time has affected some of the camp. We know there are individuals there that don't like it. And you know what? There's other individuals, Scott, that won't care because it's just that's work at the end of the day. I don't think... Uh, Harry Maguire comes in and is particularly bothered about what's happening with other players. He's trying to do his job and get back in the team, isn't he? And, you know, 
clapping clapping the, the former captain for putting in captain's displays. But this is the balance. We can look at the longer history of Man United and what the Glazers have done, and they have wrecked this football club in terms of the way that there's any chemistry here with players and managers. And that's why they sack managers. And they will be looking at the Postacoglu's going, oh, he's got a tune. Uh, maybe we'll sack this manager and go and try and get another conductor of the band. That's the problem, isn't it? Because you keep doing that and that's that doesn't work. But every football club tends to kind of do that. You don't stick with the manager if the team is misperforming for whatever reason. So this is the, the balance here now is that we've got Copenhagen coming up, Scott. If you lose to Copenhagen, you're out of the Champions League effectively, yeah? Like you're done. It's finished. And that was a big objective this year was to do well in the, cha in the Champions League. And the manager totally knows that he's got to get a victory in that game somehow. You beat Fulham 1-0, Scott. But it was still a very up and down game. Like it really was. Like um, you didn't see maybe the wider performances you needed. Aaron Wambasaka came back, Scott. I was just like that. Like he put in a shift, and you're like, oh, thank God. And you want to see these players come back that put in a shift. But that's got to be the first port of call, isn't it? That they just try and that they put that effort in. They don't make silly mistakes over and over again. Because to me, that is also about training, is that the manager has to get across his detail, Scott. He can have the, the biggest plan in the world. But you've got to communicate that to your players. The players have to absolutely know everything well, that you Marcel want them Sabas to do. Marcel has just said that he does. Like, well, for Marcel, because Marcel Sabas, though, I think... You know, as, high... as Ten Hag just re rewound the, the way that he manages in three months. No, but but then what you're saying, Scott, is you're saying that a manager is like this and a player is like that. And that, that line to manager and player is perfect. And it isn't because it never is in any workplace. Is that you, you have the same standards for everyone, for all the squad. But ultimately, you have to deal pe with people individually and get the most out of them. And some people you have to love and some people you have to properly dig out and get hard on. And I'm sure Eric Ten Hag does do that. But it's not a perfect circle. And that's how I described it the other day when I wrote about it. I said, it's not like people think that you just have one standard and the players have to conform. It doesn't work like that. Marcel Sabitzer likes it. But do you know what? The manager went, I'm not going to sign you. Off you go, mate. You don't fit right. what I Could want you to do. Could you just say do. that again about the perfect circle? I just said there is that it's not like training players and having the standard is not a perfect circle. Is that like people think it starts here and you do that and everyone comes on the ride with you to the end and the end is winning. But every successful club, hmm. that's how they run. Like right. we've, we've said, Klopp, it, Guardiola, Klopp, Klopp. Klopp and Guardiola have yeah. the control that they have because they have players who are on board with what they're doing, and if they don't like it, they ain't in it. Calvin Phillips, who signed for fifty million them. quid, has made a, about three appearances for them. Who's that? Sorry, Calvin Phillips. Yeah, exactly. We don't hear. We don't really hear a word about it because Pep's right. Pep is right, and because those two football clubs uniquely have built their projects over several years, that's how you should do it. Man United used to do it like that, Scott. But we are not one of those clubs. Most clubs. But how do you get to that point, Rob? How do you get to that point? Well, it starts in the boardroom at the very top, right? And we've had this conversation. There's, there's a reason why Jim Ratcliffe wants to bring Paul Mitchell in straight away. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you have to fix the foundations of the building before you start putting more bricks on and a roof. You, you just have to do that. And the manager doesn't come at the foundation stage. It doesn't. The manager actually comes somewhere higher up the building. Like He's more like the roof that stops the rain falling in every week. So I think the thing is, and analogies aside, is that you can have the standard and the idealism, but the truth is, is that 12 managers in the Premier League will get sacked this year. Not because those 12 managers are absolutely garbage coaches, Scott. It's because unless you can translate stuff into results, then you will probably lose your job. And it's a, it's a self that is a self-fulfilling prophecy that goes around in circles. 
Guardiola won't get sacked. Klopp won't get sacked because they've invented something and a standard. And they've it, I called it a bulletproof culture. Those managers have bulletproof cultures. I don't know if Eric Ten Hag has got that yet because I've not seen enough. Fergie, do you, do you we, not think he's trying to install that? Alex of Ferguson. Course. Of course he's like trying. Alex Ferguson had five years-ish till he exactly. turned it around because he was given the time to correct something that was fundamentally wrong. Fund- fundamentally wrong. Ten Hag has walked into a club that came off the back of their worst ever Premier League season. Every, yeah, he did, Ralph he Ranick called it out in the in the in the press in the public that this this right. place needs open heart surgery, and now we're mm. pretending again that it's the manager's fault. Like I'm I'm sorry, it's, no, we're it's, not pretending like... that at all. It's not the manager's <laughs> fault. Like, what, what, why are you saying that? We're not we're not pretending it's the manager's fault. We're backing the manager. It, I, I believe in Eric Ten Hag. I want Eric Ten Hag to stay, and I've literally just said, and so have you. Get rid of the players that don't fit him, right? Because you stick with that. But the truth of the matter is, is that him managing everyone, he can't just say to everyone the same thing because you have different personalities. You have to be able to balance the books. You have to. So he has to find different ways to get performances out of players. And if you don't get a performance, Scott, you lose games. And if you lose games, you lose your job. That's just the way it works. Fergie had four years of it. And Fergie will say this, you know, he, he looked at the culture at Man United of the players and you had Brian Robson, you had a massive drinking culture and you had all these players going out all the time. Yeah. And he had to, and it took him years to work that out. And the only reason they stuck with him is that you were coming from a very late, relatively low bar. Like United were, were terrible, you know, on that rise back up uh, where Fergie was and they came, what, 12th, 13th, like in th- three or four seasons in that one season where they came second. But that is not the reality of football in the modern day. We don't we don't run clubs like that anymore. If you have a bad six or seven games, people are talking about came eighth twice. Exactly. Well, they you stuck know, like so. That this is what I'm saying. Stop the cycle. They stuck with give, Arteta. Give him yeah. the time, because the only way that you'll get out of this cycle, unless you go and like, fair enough. If if Jim Ratcliffe wants to come in and Paul Mitchell want to come in and they yeah. want to do things right and they want to change the manager, fine. Yeah. Like, fine. and they might do. I've got I've got no issue with that. Yeah, but the way that it stands at the moment, they need to get behind. We all know that there's a rotten culture here. Fix hmm. that first. Definitely. Fix that first. This ain't the manager, to me. He's trying his damnedest, and he said, he said recently, didn't he, that installing discipline was one of the things that he, he was brought in to do. Yeah, and now he tries to install a bit of discipline. It's like, oh, well, I don't like the discipline. Yeah, like. But that is was anybody. How was anybody else going to succeed? I don't think that that is. Sorry, go on. How is anybody else going to succeed if we get to this phase again and we think, oh well, I've seen this before. Let's sack him again. Let's get somebody else in. In eighteen months, you'd be like, oh well, I've seen this before. Let's sack him as well. Yes, and and like I don't think that that's a uniquely football thing. I think is that when you're a manager or a boss or you've ever managed any people, is that you know that you want to push the ship all in the same way and you stay consistent with that. And you do your damnedest every morning you go into work and you push that and you push the agenda that you want the highest standard possible. But there will be part of your team that is weak for whatever reason. You could be physical health, mental health. Some players go through other stuff. Some are a little bit more touchy. Some you need to really drag by the kind of the coattails and say you've got to do this and it is that's the balance in the act and I think last year is that he got that balance right in that season and that you said he came into a rotten football club and he's even said there was no standards before I got here like he said that publicly Eric Ten Hag and I believe him I agree with that that's how we all felt it's still the case by the way it is still the case and you've had lots of injuries and and that's something he can lean on and he can say I've had injuries and he can tell the board that he can tell his bosses that but when the bosses upstairs get a sniff 
that things are not right on the training ground and that, that players are now disaffected, they look at them as their assets. Assets. They don't look at managers as assets. And that is what's wrong with Man United, is that Arteta got the time at Arsenal. But do you know what, Scott? If Arsenal came seventh or eighth this year, they ain't sticking with Arteta. They'll sack him. Yeah, it's just the truth. But they came eighth twice. But and then and then fixed it because they were in a in a spell where they were so bad for like eight nine years that they they tried to break the spell. But that was also with the change of ownership, wasn't it? It was they went from the Kronky base to something completely different. So they went with the Edu kind of faction of well, how the same owners are still there. They just put the the fundamentals in place exactly, which, which is, is what they're trying to do now. Which is kind of what United are hopefully going to do is that if the Glazers remain in any capacity, is that they don't make football decisions. Like just go away and leave the football club alone. So it's it's a more expansive conversation, I think, than just football. But I think with Eric Ten Hag, he will be just based. It will be just based on results. Like we cannot get away from that. Is that you cannot come twelfth and expect to keep your job, like you said the other week. But uh, they that's should what United like, need. My point is that they uh, Arteta has just proven. Yeah, that if you if you ride through that wave and do things right and stick to your guns, mm. things will improve. Because look at Arsenal, they fixed it. Yeah. But, so but, how do United fix it? By sacking another guy? Well, they fixed it for now. But like I said, in six months' time, if, if, if results disappear or the players suddenly don't like what Arteta is doing for whatever reason, and that's the way you go, is that the manager will get sacked and the players will end up staying. So that's like, not going to happen, though, is it? Is it I don't know. Like I, I've seen enough in football, Scott, to not be shocked by anything. I really have. I've seen it all. Every football club, you see it repeatedly. It goes around in circles, some of that stuff. So this is the whole thing is that, you know, it, it, we were only talking a year ago that maybe it was the end of Jurgen Klopp's time at Liverpool because players were disaffected. They didn't want, they didn't want to do the press. They didn't want to run like they were before. So he sorted that out because he's got sway with people upstairs. Well done, Jurgen Klopp. Liverpool are back to a better standard again, aren't they? And you should believe in managers that have built up that acumen over many years. I think there's a difference there. Arsenal are doing that with Arteta at the moment. But I think with Eric Ten Hag, he's still in the infancy of his tenure at Man United. And 18 months is not really a long time in football. But when you've gone from being one thing, I don't know, 12 months ago, and you're kind of fixing things, and then those players go, hang on a second, we've hit a brick wall here, boss, and we can't work it out. You can have all the plans in the world, Scott, but if you're losing games and players are not running for you and you can't put a basic press on, there's something wrong there. You have to work with it as you go along. So I'm all for keeping I 10 hard. I, I really don't understand what we're saying. I, uh, I, I, I don't get it. Because, because you, your viewpoint on it is that you just stick with the manager by th through thick and thin, and I'm with you. I want that. No, but you're saying if the manager doesn't get results, then just sack him and we'll start No, again. I'm saying he will be sacked. I'm not saying just sack him. I'm not. I'm not uh, please don't tell what I'm saying wrong. I'm saying that... If he get, loses games, the board will sack him. That's it. That's just the truth. I, I would like him to stay. You know, I would have. I'd have liked Ole to have got a little bit more time. I would have might maybe like Van Gaal to get a little bit more time. But I understand that when you hit a kind of a, a glass ceiling, you either burst through it and smash through to the next level, or you kind of go back down and start again. And I think that's that is football in a nutshell. Is that that's how boards run? Pretty much every football club across the land there's only one or two that don't really work like that and man united definitely ain't one of them like we know that united are probably the worst you know we are the soap opera of global football aren't we but you know what a real madrid scott you know you get lopetegui go to real madrid he loses like 12 games at real madrid they sack him that's it he's gone doesn't mean lopetegui's a bad manager does it so like that's how it works i think some of these super clubs man united think they're one of them but you you need to build infrastructure and around a coach 
But there will come a time when you lose faith in that if results do not carry on going on. I think he's made some tactical errors this year and we can talk about those and we have done. We'll continue to talk about them. I don't think he's blameless, but I don't think he's the first neck on the block for me, but he will be for the board, especially if Jim Rackler comes in and goes, I've got a coach that I really like and I think he could probably do this job better than this lad and this bloke's losing games. Man United's worst ever start in how many years, Scott? Since 1960-something? You know, it, it's not a great look, is it? You can... If you've got a little cut, you can put plaster on it, but you can't take big ga- gashes and wounds and just bandage them up. And I think with Ten Hag, he's done a little bit of that this season. You have to wait for his players to come back. The injured ones, Aaron Wan-Bissaka, I thought was really good. Harry Maguire's giving you some value. But Marcus Rashford ain't doing it for you, Scott, and you pay him 350 grand a week. And he's a Manchester boy who loves Man United. Where do we go? Like, that's a question to you. What happens? What do you do if you're Eric Ten Hag right now and your plan ain't working? What do you do? You you need to say this again. Sorry. I, I mean, <laughs> I don't understand. Did you dial out? I just, I just said, if you're, the, you're Eric Ten Hag right now, you believe in your methods, you believe in yourself, right? And you're losing games and your players are not pressing for you and people are unhappy. What do you do? Like, I think you said... Last week, the definition of madness is carrying on doing the same thing over and over again. So does the manager carry on being Eric Ten Hag and doing the same thing over and over again because he prepares well, because he is an erudite manager, because he's about the detail? But he has, he you, has changed. He, he do you find him. different ways? Hmm? He dropped him. Yes, that's so good. The definition of doing, like, I, I, I was critical of Ten Hag game? for not dropping him early enough. He's, he's so been what, out for two games. So what do you do in the next game? So, like, this is the thing. So, like, there's always a next game to come, and you've always got to find ways to win that football match. First choice. If you bring him back mm. in, and it works, yeah. great. You so, if he, you bring him back in, he doesn't run, what do you do the next start. week? Do you drop him then? Back out. Yeah, so I agree with that. That's exactly what I would do. Totally that. And the reason why managers don't do that is because they're scared. They don't want to lose their jobs. They don't want to say, I've got all these, all these, these assets, and I don't use them because I don't like them. They don't get on with me. That's hard. For Eric Ten Hag. We're looking at a team now, right? That Rafa Varane isn't playing in, Casemiro yep. isn't playing in, Marcus yep. Rashford isn't playing in. And why not? Why are they not playing? Because Ten Hag's trying to send a message, probably. Yeah, and he's right. He's absolutely right. And he's putting his neck on the block. But this is the problem, is that they are three of your absolute senior players that you pay the highest wages to. And we like to talk about wages, again, in correlation to performances, don't we? We do it all the time. Because at Man United, we get bad performances and high wages. It's an easy, easy subject to talk about. Eric Ten Hag has to find a way to win games. And if he's going to take those three out of the mix for whatever reason, because he's now not getting on with them or they're not doing what he wants them to do or they're not happy, you still got to win games. And that's the way the board will look at it. Richard Arnold ain't no football expert. Oh, he's going to just go... change within the next... Well, there's fingers crossed. You know, like we've got to still hope that these things get get ratified and pushed through. And we, we know that that's the way it's going. And, and I do feel better about that side of the business changing because I think that will help Eric Ten Hag. But I also will not be shocked, Scott, is that if he carries on losing games or performances are bad, is that any new faction coming in with, with Ratcliffe and, and any new management is the first thing that they will change is the manager. They will go, this is not working, so we can only change one bit, like which is a player, a manager. We're not changing eight players because we can't afford that or we can't do that. And that's not reality. And it isn't in any workplace either. Like you don't sack the eight staff that aren't working for you, you change the dynamic of the business, which normally comes at the very, very, very top. So I I don't know. So this, this is the kind of thing where we differ on it, but I'm, I'm not saying that I want Eric Ten Hag sacked at all. No, stick with him. I think he's a really good coach. But the truth is, if you lose games, you will get sacked. 
that's that's just football. And Arsenal, as you said, did it. But again, Arsenal are not the, the blueprint of, of everything. They're just having the success they are now under Arteta. I think we should criticise Arteta for what he said the other day. Very entitled, over-the-top managerial comment of what he said the other day. Now, he can say that because he feels confident. Do you know what I mean? Because he's in that moment of it. But it's not like that across the board. And I see that with Ten Hag. I think he feels he feels hesitant to maybe talk about the real problems going on in the squad. Let us know what you think. Um, I mean, that was a conversation that I'm I'm not entirely sure what you're going to take out of that. Um, we, opinions. Yeah, it's, it's just a opinion versus opinion there for today, which is a little bit different. Um, but, but we have yeah. the same opinion, Scott. I'm I know, th- this is why I'm so confused, yeah. I'm 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 trying to explain how I think it is, not how I feel. Like uh, that's that's what I'm saying. I feel that you stick with a manager, but I'm telling you, this is what I think the football club is and how they will deal with stuff. Do you get what I mean? Well, so that's why I'm disappointed in Marcus because gonna... Marcus can put a shift in. That's the way I look at it. Is Marcus when we see him play against Copenhagen or net on, he's got to run more, Scott, and he like that's that that is a prerequisite, and that's where this starts with effort. And that's why Tottenham fans clapped their nine players off the pitch last night because they see the effort. That's a reflection of the fans. We aren't seeing that at Man United. That's a problem. That's a problem for the manager to deal with. And he has to find ways to make these boys run more. He does. Um, tell us what you all think. Yeah, tell us what you think. I mean, I, I watch every every Ten Hag press conference. The message never changes. It says the same thing. Yeah. It says the same thing over and over again. So I can't imagine he's just telling the press that he wants his players to try hard when he and he's not saying it on the training pitch. Not so to me, I, you know where I stand on it. I, I hope anyway. This has been a bit of yeah. a. Um, I'm not sure, but yeah, uh, that that's it from us. We'll we'll leave it there. So subscribe wherever you get your pods and watch us on YouTube as well. The Promise Land of Man United podcast. Like the video, leave a comment, and subscribe. Hit the notification bell too. Uh, and at double underscore Scott Saunders on X. Instagram and TikTok at underscore Rob underscore B and at Promise and MU for the show as well. We'll be back later this week uh, to talk about the Copenhagen game and United play Luton at the weekend. If they can win those two games, things might turn around a little bit going into the international break because there is another international break coming up from next week. So how exciting. Thanks for listening, everyone. Leave a comment on anything that we've talked about today. If you're watching on YouTube, get in touch with us on the social medias. As well, and we'll see you soon. Thanks everyone for watching or listening. Until next time. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4:55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to grammarly.com/podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.